Welcome to this episode of the Keeping It Local podcast brought to you by Pile Style Events. I'm Dennis Jung. With me, as always, is the woman who puts the pile in pile style. Ooh, I like the sound of that one. Alicia Pyle. Hey. <laughs> and today we're talking with Chernell Armour. Hi. Yay! We finally got you on a podcast. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a while. Chernell is one of Alicia's good friends. and well, Best friends. Why don't you guys tell us about the story, how you guys met, and how you started working together. I guess I'm supposed to start, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I met Alicia. <laughs> I usually let her do all the talking while we're on the bandstand. I'm just like, okay. I met Alicia, was it four, five years ago now at Taste of the Arts? And, Will it be um, five years this year? I think so. Oh, yeah, God. That's crazy. Wow. And I was just hanging out with my kids. They performed that day for Fort Wayne Ballet. And so, you know, I was being super mom. And it got later on into the evening. And I saw Derek Reeves in the parking lot. I was like, hey, what are you doing? And he said, you should come here. APQ, we're about to do a set in the black box. And I was like, okay. And I thought it would be cool for the kids because they were at that time, like, just starting, you know, to really get involved with piano lessons. And they really enjoy classical music. And I've always enjoyed jazz. So I was like, okay, let's check it out. And we listened and everybody's jaw dropped just because, you know. It was a I, neat set. It was did. a neat set. You guys did Furry Lease. And TK was like, mom, this is the new age of music. And I was like, no, <laughs> like this song is like really, really old. But okay. <laughs> We did a whole album that day. Yeah, you did. And I mean, they were just like so excited. And then at the end of the show, they wanted to meet the band. I was like, okay, we'll try. You know, there's they have a huge following, APQ. And so Mm. there's a lot of people wanting to greet them. And they were just so welcoming and warm to my kids. And I think Jose showed my daughter his congas. and Jose Morales. yeah, Yeah. And Derek let TK hold his violin. And they were just like, Mom, like, when can we go see them again? I'm like, <laughs> I didn't realize that they were going to be this into, you know, this. And I'm like, well, it's kind of exciting for me, too, just to see them appreciate music as much as I do. And after that, I think I started following you guys around without the kids for some <laughs> adult time. And I came to Club Soda to hear them play. Had my nieces because I was recruiting more APQ fans and... That was a fun table that night. Yeah, they. I mean, they really loved it. My whole family, you know, they're big music aficionados, so I knew that they would love it. And so Derek asked me to come, or asked you if I could come sit in. I think another vocalist was going to sit in, but they left that We night. always have friends Yeah, come out, and eat. everyone knows our bandstand's pretty open. Well, I had no idea, because it's, you know, a new, I don't know. Sure. A whole new experience for me, the jazz thing, is I grew up singing in the church and hadn't really been out. And Well, know. I should specify, not every band director or band leader has an open bandstand, but ours is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. so, I mean, it's kind of the, the old way. You right, know, right, the, right, the right. The way things were with jazz, when, yeah. you know, and it's a language and a community and people come and support and sit in and, right, you know, well, right. talk to each like other. Mike Patterson and... Eric yeah. Clancy kind of taught you or brought you into the community. In the 50s and 60s and stuff. Yeah, that's the and way it's like it was, too. You have too. people sit in and you don't know how it's going to turn out. Right. Like, let, them, let them try to Big keep party, up. though. 
fun. I didn't know if you knew what you were getting. I mean, I didn't know if you knew what to expect when Derek asked me. You were just like, okay, Making a whatever. new friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we did Autumn Leaves that night, and because uh, that was the only jazz standard I knew at the time. And I was really nervous, forgot the words, and I just got it through the rest of it. And I was blown away. I was like, here's the next Ella Fitzgerald. Because she started scatting. I didn't know she forgot the words. Yeah. She's just scatting like... Amazing, and it's really hard, and it's something I'd always wanted to do. I still can't really do and it. That I never tried, but in the intro, I didn't introduce you as the mad scatter. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the name other me. <laughs> alter ego. Yeah, thrown this into this You're mad scatter. Yeah, it kind of helps me like get over my nerves. I'm like the biggest introvert that there is, but I happen to love to sing. So to help me get over that nervousness, it helps me kind of remove Trinell from the bandstand. Sure. And just embrace the experience. I love fantasy, sci-fi, Disney movies. So it's kind of like music's my little fantasy world. So that's kind of how the Matt Scatter came about. Obviously a playoff of Alice in Wonderland. Sure, yeah. And it was a cool name. I was that's like, really cool. I'd like to have that on a t-shirt. How about I just, you know. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess the Mad Hatter was, yeah. is a reference. Like they, yeah. when they made hats, there was mm-hmm. some kind of toxic fumes. Exactly. I think so it's like mercury or something. It yeah, would get in their fingers right. and it would drive them absolutely insane. So they had some crazy guys. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, yeah. And I guess my signature song with APQ was crazy, so it kind of just fit, like, you know. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. We love featuring her with the band. Now it's fun because <laughs> we have, like, it's not like, oh, Trinell's coming to sit in it. It's like APQ featuring Matt Aww, Scatter. I just I am really that. happy that we can, we can like, explain to the public what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, 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 <laughs> It's yeah. like a better way of saying yeah. here's what's about to go down. Yeah, you it's going to shift a little bit, just depending on what mood I'm in that yeah. day. So. But it's just cool because people like know, oh, like, what's that? Who's oh, that? Yeah. You know? Well, well, so how did that happen? Like, before we get into what you're doing now, how did it go from you sat in with the rhythm one night to you, you I've seen you guys out a lot of times. Oh, she became a pro, not just a friend. Well, mm-hmm. she yeah. invited me back over Facebook or something, and I saw the message, which I, I mean, she's like a superhero to me at this mm-hmm. point. I'm me just too, like, yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, weird. Derek, before I even respond to her, I messaged Derek and I'm like, did you put Alicia up to this? Like, why is she calling me back? Did you tell her to call me back? And he's like, no, that was all you. And I was like, oh. So I guess I should respond. (laughs) So she just kept asking me to come back. Oh, come sit in. Bring something that you want to do. And I had no idea what I wanted to be. Then it was just, you know, for now. We were just trying stuff. and Different genres. um, I was very reserved. I could not get up there without watching Alicia. So I rarely would make eye contact with the audience when I would perform with APQ oh, yeah, for yeah. like the first 18 months. Like she had to be in my peripheral <laughs> and I would watch her and, you know, take cues and stuff. And, and then she would tell me when to scat. She'd be like, okay, go ahead and scat. And I'm like, awesome fun. Okay. Play. Yeah. <laughs> and so it helped a lot. Like she was like my safety net and... I'm used to doing background vocals or singing with my sisters, and I've never been the front man. Like, typically that's, you know, soprano voices get 
that spotlight Mm -hmm. of where I'm from. I just didn't think I could. I always wanted to secretly, but I'm like, oh, I'm a better support person than, you know, a front man. And so it was kind of hard to get me out of that shell and just for me to embrace who I was vocally. Like there's stuff that I would want to do on stage and I would draw back because I was just like terrified. Is it going to be received? Well, you know, just overanalyzing. I guess that's my day job, you know, looking at patterns and trying to figure out what the outcome is going to be. I am by day. So I guess that's what the left side of my brain. And so when I'm doing jazz, I get to use the right side and it's really happy. (laughs) (laughs) We are always so happy when you can come and join us. And I'm just excited about all the projects you're doing though now that you're ready to go out on your own and try stuff. And you've found a good community now of people that you're comfortable with. Yeah, most of them are your friends. Yeah. Well, no, I've seen stuff on social media. You've got songs yeah. that I've seen out. And yeah, like that's always been a, a dream or? of mine. I am working on an EP. It's kind of slow coming. The goal is, and it's just a little teaser, but it's going to be Trinell versus the Matt Scatter. So part of the EP will be Trinell, mm-hmm. and then the other half will be you know. Oh, that's a cool concept. Yeah. Oh, wow. That way I get to do what I want through the Matt Scatter and then do what I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your yeah. first song on that that you've been working on? The one that we did, Wrong, Wrong Turn. Turn. Okay. And we actually, where were we? We were at the Phoenix outside. That's and right. Alicia was just playing some random chords and I was like, oh, that sounds like a song. And I had written these lyrics maybe 10 years prior, but never did anything with them. And so I just started singing along and I was like, oh, it actually fits. And so my first single was Wrong Turn featuring Alicia Pyle. It's out on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. We'll put links to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's out digitally. I just don't have CDs yet. And it was an homage to our friendship because I met her at a time when I was making a lot of wrong turns and trying to figure out where to go next. And so when you hear the lyrics, it almost sounds like (laughs) (laughs) there's a common thread there. Um, We did meet in a very very large growth period for both of us. We (laughs) did. We really did. And it was perfect timing. I feel like it was divine timing. But the song is actually, it sounds like it's about a relationship, but it's about my relationship with God. I was trying to figure out what is this? Because, you know, I grew up in the church and then, you know, as an adult, you're trying to figure out, okay, how does this actually work? How do I apply this? And Alicia was instrumental in just helping me kind of figure out who God was to me and how to recultivate that relationship. So yes, it's a jazz song. Yes, it sounds like a love song, but it's actually really spiritual. It's beautiful. Thank you. So, I think you can hear a lot of different things in the song. I mean, all I did was like throw three chords under that song. So, I mean, it just, I mean, she started singing it and I remember thinking like, I think I asked her like, what song is that? I've never heard that before. Yeah. And she's like, I, I wrote it. Yeah. I was like, whoa, you know, fits over these chords. Yeah. That's awesome. That surprised me too because most most of what I hear you do is covers or mm-hmm. mashups. Jazzy stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. Like you write too. I do write. I, I think that's where my biggest joy is musically is being creative. I know Alicia had to teach me that there are, you know, mm-hmm. two sides to music. You know, there's the utilitarian service of it where you're providing a service to a client. 
mm-hmm. and you kind of conform to what the client needs. Not kind of, but you do. Yeah. You can make a vibe. Well, yeah. <laughs> Create a vibe. And then there's the artistic yes. side where you can be expressive and experiment and try new things. And it was frustrating for me in the beginning because I didn't really understand, like, well, why can't I do this super obscure song? Well, because it's just not the right setting yeah. for it. And so I think last year I finally kind of discovered a demographic that appreciates that. Yeah, you know, your Yeah, and that was really cool. And that was at Wonderkammer in November where oh, I yeah. had to provide original music. And I'm like, this is really terrifying. It's like... <laughs> Like, you're putting your soul... I call yeah. them my music babies. They're like my, my babies. So I had to actually share them with people and see how they were going to react to it. And luckily, it was a really positive experience. People were very responsive. I was, I'm was. i still in shock. about that concert. It was so crazy. I was just like, wow. Like, I really can do this. This is... I struggled with self-confidence for so long. And just for people to actually receive you and appreciate what you do, it's like the biggest reward. Yeah. So, yeah. She's going to be really big in like Chicago and New York when we get there finally because I think like a, a larger a larger market and a, a more artsy we're really artsy in the fort like yeah. we're, we're getting there yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. like a larger pool of like artsy fartsy people that really like eclectic and jazz yeah. and understand that stuff yeah. like when they tap into what she's doing and, and, and learn about it they're gonna she, she's gonna be like oh here's where hope you, don't, <laughs> hope you don't move away from me that's what all I'm hoping no I mean I yeah. love Fort Wayne my kids are involved in, you know, classical oh, yeah. arts, and I think it's becoming more progressive. We should work to get you some stuff with some booking agents. I never really thought about that, because I'm not interested in it, but yeah. you really should. I it's a pain so. to travel, but I know, like, I have a lot of friends that like doing it. Really? Yeah. I'm a homebody. I Me too. I don't like it, but it doesn't mean you wouldn't yeah. love it, though, and then yeah. you might get your music into some of those places. Well, it seems fun. like there's two things going on in Fort Wayne right now. On the one mm-hmm. hand, there are certain places where, you know, everybody seems like they're 23 now, and right. they want to hear covers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and nothing else, yeah. and like those are probably the best paying gigs most of the time, Yeah. but then there are some venues that are kind of opening up to just being creative and take right. risk and <laughs> more people who are going to show up and be more adventurous as Matt yeah. Kelly said. I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Like I study the different bookings. I look at the calendars and I look at the patterns because that's the data analyst side of me. And I'm like, so this venue has Friday and Saturday for live music. Mm-hmm. That equates to what? 104 bookings a year. Yeah. If they divide maybe 10% of that to newer artists or eclectic artists, or um, that's only what 10 bookings a year that they could actually give opportunities to newer artists. And I think that's the one thing that I wish more was happening is that, you know. More women, just period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate to point that out, but yeah. honestly, it's been something I've noticed lately. And we're going to do a whole podcast mm-hmm. to kind of highlight that we're not going to call anyone out specifically but there's a really large imbalance with booking right right <laughs> when it comes to women yeah i would love to see a little bit more diversity yeah. and hopefully we'll get there i think we're getting know. there yeah little by little yeah it's our job to help bring awareness for that too right. in a graceful way yeah. so yeah. graceful way. <laughs> no i mean you can be like the crabby person in the corner like mm-hmm. holding a picket sign or you can gently educate people right. and i actually literally saw i'm not going to call it the venue but i saw something happened last weekend when someone posted in our Sweet Home Indiana page. 
oh. um, a venue trying to get musicians to come play for free. And oh. all I did was just say on there, you know, pay your musicians. Exposure doesn't pay the bills. That's and so uh, I was really nice about it and put like a heart emoji, <laughs> you but know, that, that and a little praying hand emoji. <laughs> you know, I, I was really sweet about it. Yeah. And, you know, it just started a small dialogue and had some yeah. support on it that the oh. venue ended up changing their mind and offering, you know, for two hours and yeah. a really w- wonderful meal, $75 right. instead of nothing nice. in, a, in a meal. You know, yeah. so, you yeah. know, it's it's uh, just something like you could be but bring awareness to things like (laughs) not paying music for playing musicians for live music or not booking enough women right I think it's something that it's our obligation to be kind of I'm a highly trained bodyguard I already took took care of the hitman they said (laughs) I hope we haven't pissed anyone off yet but well you're very bold I must say I'll let you do that (laughs) come on back her up will this year yeah yeah but you're gonna be on that podcast okay that's cool that'd be more interesting more, it more, is i more mean voices, honestly just more diversity difficulty yeah. and booking and stuff it's a hard it thing it is it is and well i thought it was so easy because she makes it look so easy so when i'm like oh i'm gonna start a band and then all this admin comes into play and then you're knocking on doors and there's oh lots God, of no's yeah. and i'm like she did. She makes it look easy, but I've she seen behind the scenes yeah. in the last couple of years, and it's like, man, there's a lot of work right. that goes into Well, that. she tried to warn me in advance, or educate me, I shouldn't say warn me, <laughs> but educate me about what the scene was like and what to expect, and, you know, I was like, Lisa, can I just go back to sitting there? I'm like, this is, <laughs> it was so much easier when you were just doing all that. I'm proud all of you, though. Thank you. People think that you get me bookings. I get asked that all the time. So let's clear that up on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get your own bookings. <laughs> I, mean, I, I recommend you to people, but yeah. I can't make them book you. Yeah. So I recommend my, my female friends a lot. You know, my male friends are doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love them. Yeah. But I mean, my, my female friends, I know it's harder as a woman it to is. knock down those doors sometimes. And I just, you know, hey, you know, have you thought about calling Trinell or calling yeah. Shannon or calling Sunny? You yeah. know, I mean, I, I recommend people, but yeah. they, they call you guys or you get your own. Yeah. So. She cleared that up. <laughs> you do. That's awesome. No, I appreciate like all the support. Like, I don't think I've had very many people invest in me the way that you have. And you're my friend. I know, <laughs> but it's just like, well, she saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see in myself. You know, yeah. I just. And I'm like, wow, like she... That's all humility, and I love that. So it's just really fun to work with that. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I love it that you're humble, and you're not arrogant, and you're not mean to people, and... I try to be nice. Everybody sees you for who you are, and you're a wonderful person, so... Oh, thank you. She's going to make me cry. No crying. (laughs) So what what else are you working on other than the EP? Um, I have... My next song is called A Mother's Love. I'm trying to get it out before Mother's Day. It's um, a song that I wrote for my children, Mm -hmm. And I just thought it would be really cool. Just, you know, long after I'm gone, many, many, many years from now, they'll have something from their mom that they can yeah. go back to, you know. It is cool. You know, and then I've got a, a collaboration with Jane Hild on May 12th, which is Mother's Day. And I think it's it's going to be pretty fun. I love the cello. I've never done like duo work with the cellist yeah. before, but, or cellist, is it cellist? <laughs> 
And I think that'll be cool. Um, we've got some neat ideas together. And then on the 26th, which is a Sunday, it's the Sunday before Memorial Day, I'm doing a concert that's called The Lyric, The Wine, and The Swing at Wondercomer. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, oh, both cool. events in May are at Wondercomer. And that actually is a collaboration with Renee Patterson, which is Michael Patterson's sister. Oh, cool. So she's going to do a set, and then, you know, we'll do some stuff together, and then I'll do the ending set it's the mad scatter so i'm excited about that because i get to do originals again and kind of explore some things that i've been wanting to to do and yeah so one of your kids does ballet and i remember seeing i wasn't actually there but i saw a video of him perform i think was it the big apple jazz series yeah it was that was in november yeah what was that like just oh my god it was so like i've been wanting to do a collaboration with jazz and ballet for a very long time like since i started with alicia i just thought it would be a cool visual it was like an all sensory experience and we did wrong turn and you know just to play on words i thought tk mm-hmm. you know would wrong you turn, yeah. would you do a couple <laughs> turns you know like the real ones and he was like uh if you pay me and i'm like there you go <laughs> <laughs> have you so it's fine but he did it and it was beautiful he only gave me about a minute and 30 seconds of choreography but he choreographed it himself and it helped me because I got to get out of the spotlight for a little bit you know and it was all about him and I think people were just amazed to see him dance and how graceful he is and poised. My daughter also dances for Fort Wayne Ballet, but she wasn't going for it. Money or no mm-hmm. money. She's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a time and a place. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. But it was just neat that it was a family moment. And I'm glad that I got it captured on video because it's something to remember. Like when he's off in London somewhere dancing for Royal Ballet, then I can say, look. Yeah, <laughs> I helped you get started. Yeah, <laughs> you got your first paying gig. Yeah, or exactly. That's not <laughs> so you started off singing in church. Mm-hmm. What role does spirituality play still in in your singing now? Oh, that's a good question, Dennis. That's um, a hard one. That is a hard one. I could ask it of Alicia. It means too. so many things. Yeah, that's why it's hard. It is. We talked to Damon Mitchell, mm-hmm. and he was kind of talking about how you're you're tapping into another realm. Yeah, yeah, transcendent. There's something beyond just the the mechanics, right? And the, you know the sounds and everything, right? But, and it it really does. I think that's why every, it's the universal language that mm-hmm. everyone talks about. It's just like you can communicate something. You mm-hmm. don't know what it is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can say a lot of times on the bandstand that there are moments that feel very very spiritual and very much similar to when I was singing in church and Alicia helped me because I struggled with that early on I I did too um like how this is considered secular and I grew up not being able to listen to secular music like I would have to like get lyrics from my friends on the playground and stuff for you know secular music and I noticed that when I am my most free and expressive I do feel a sensation it's almost like something else takes over I can't it's really hard to explain it becomes less technical and more emotional Mm -hmm. and those are actually the best moments 
for me. Like those are the ones that I crave, like more of that, more of that. But I noticed how the audience connects with, with those moments in particular. And it's almost like I am reaching out to them without really touching them physically. And that's very similar to what happens, you know, in a church setting. I've done praise and worship. I, I recorded some albums and travel with the gospel group. It was kind of shocking to see that there's still that connection there. I do firmly believe that my gift comes from God. I believe that jazz is what I was designed to do. I've tried EDM, I've tried hip hop, I've tried R&B, mm-hmm. I've done gospel, and jazz feels like home to me. Uh-huh. And I, I really can't say that it's something that I feel God is frowning on just because it's <laughs> there's evidence. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Right. Just if he's it, frowning on. He's gonna find <laughs> <laughs> If I'm playing in a bar, I'll just say interject us too. Like mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of bar gigs. I do a few, mm-hmm. but club soda when Trinell comes, it feels like church. <laughs> and I mean that in like the best way because sometimes if you're involved with praise and worship music yeah. or praise and worship teams, God bless our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that all volunteer their time. But it gets icky yeah. sometimes, or they'll yeah. be just discord, or there's a you know an issue or a, a leadership issue and mm-hmm. you know sometimes you forget and you equate the music to that issues that you have with people at church or and you have had in the past and at the end of the day though like if you're making music and you're fulfilling your calling mm-hmm. you know and it's it's blessing people and reaching them it's the same thing that you're doing at church mm-hmm. and if someone comes and staggers in a club soda or some other bar and you're having a horrible night and, and you see them though like they're enjoying your music all night and they're there and they have a moment there mm-hmm. you know with you guys as a band or you, sometimes you even get a chance to talk to somebody or feed into their life and let them know you care about them and you're glad that they came like you're glad to see them like you're glad that Mm -hmm. they came and shared their evening with you and you notice them as a human being i don't see how that's a lot different than what we're doing at church no with our music it's it's you know very i mean other than the reach is quite a bit broader we have people aren't scared because they're not coming they're expecting a hand slap right they came there to expect like a martini (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and we don't want to feel that way about church but sometimes people won't come to church for that reason (laughs) (laughs) you know I don't think, oh, you know, God God doesn't like me or God's not happy with the right. way I'm living my life yeah. right now, so I'm not going to go today. Right. But they don't think that when they walk into Club Soda. I have yeah. to say this, too. You guys just played uh, Club Soda this past Saturday. Yeah. And it was, you know, Mike Patterson was on bass. You had Jose was on, Jose Morales was on percussion. And mm-hmm. Alicia's on the keys. And then you had, Alicia, you, I kind of quit doing that. You had Ed Renz on the, the saxophone. And then you went up and sang Trudeau. Mm-hmm. and. Oh. There was a minute there where you guys were just killing it. Like every, I looked around the place and everyone's bobbing their heads and they just had that look on their face. And it was. Trinell gets people God, to shut up. When she's awesome. a, it was amazing. <laughs> there was so a good funny. like maybe 10, 15 minutes where yeah. it was just like, whoa, everybody just stopped what they were doing. Aww. And they just quit talking. They listened to you. Well, I couldn't hear anything. I had a double ear infection. I was trying to get over. <laughs> so I didn't know what it sounded like, but I'm glad it went over well. Oh, okay. didn't well. <laughs> I didn't know that part. <laughs> that makes it even more amazing. <laughs> it did remind me last Saturday when you sat in of the first time she sat in. And, you know, people come and they enjoy the music usually at a bar, but they're drinking, they're talking. Mm-hmm. When she sat in the first time and sang, like, everybody shut up and they yeah. listened. Like, and when she got done, you could have heard, like, a pin drop. And then, I mean, like, everybody was paying attention. And it was just cool to see people listen, you know? You're like, me listen rap. Yeah. You can't tell, but I'm so tell us about the writing process. So you write lyrics, and I know you were you started telling the story about how you met Alicia, and I realized I already had heard it because you said you sent I us did. an article that's published did. from the band. Yeah. I'll put a link to it in the, in the notes, but. 
I don't know, is that the same kind of writing when you're writing prose or? Well, it's a little, I don't know. If you ask Clancy, it's a little bit frustrating from a musician's standpoint because I don't play an instrument, but I hear a melody and I have an idea, but I can't necessarily communicate it to a musician to say, okay, I want this in C minor or whatever, whatever, oh, whatever. Oh, that's why Clancy is yeah, frustrating because you can't tell him. But, you have the song in your head, but right, you can't tell him what it right. is. I, I think it, he's not frustrated. It's a challenge, but he takes it on like... The last song that I released was Valentine's Day. It was called This Love. And it features Eric Clancy. And it was actually a song within a song. Like, we had completely recorded another song. And Clancy came up with this outro. And I thought it was really cool. It was, like, otherworldly. And so I was like, Clancy, can we just make that into a song? And he was like, okay, whatever you want. And so (laughs) I laid out some lyrics and I came in. And he just played a metronome track to, you know, a tempo that I thought that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I just sing the song all the way through the way that I hear it. And then he goes back and he kind of fills in the blanks with what he thinks that I want. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of magical. It's like being mad scientist, you know, yeah. like we're just... Pouring chemicals. Yeah. yeah. See, see what explodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> different chords have different colors. They do. I love a good minor chord. A good minor seven always gets me there. <laughs> Eric is, he's... I told him he should just build an app so that musicians can speak fluently with, you know, vocalists that don't yeah, play an instrument. Yeah, we probably will have one of those <laughs> for the next 10 years, I'm sure. Right. So, I mean, that's one process. And then other times I'll hear chords and then I'll just kind of hum along and try to figure out what the melody should do or what I think it should do. A lot of my writing is just kind of like an extended vamp, which I saw your article you posted about the four chord song. <laughs> and I was so offended by that. That was funny. <laughs> she gave it to me. Oh, man. No, I wasn't offended. I just thought it was funny. That because... was a joke that she had on her Facebook. <laughs> well, you take a four chord song and you mix like nine of them together. Like you do what most vocalists couldn't do. Like, I mean, if they smoke crack, I mean, it's like, I don't know how you do it. You'll take one progression and you remember that and you try all the songs and then you make up new stuff and then you quote this person. Like you're a genius when it comes to four chord songs and quotes and medleys. Yeah. So yeah. You, have a, you have a gift with that. I don't, oh, thank I don't know you. how you do that. That that article is referencing like the regular boring four chord <laughs> pop songs. <laughs> Well, I just thought it was funny because I was like, oh, a lot of my favorite songs that I've written are just, you know, a very, what did you call it? It's a repetitive. A repetitive chord progression, yeah. but you do really cool melodic things over them. So well, you take gives... that other element and it's like, yeah. explore with it. I think it just gives the vocalist an opportunity to explore. So if the musicians are set in this pattern, kind of like twice, how many yeah. notes are in that song? Like six? The bass line has four notes in it and it's got one chord, yeah. one tonal center. Well, so like with that, it's like a blank canvas to me. So when I am singing, it's just like I can just paint whatever I want over this yeah. through line that goes through the whole song and I can change it and I can make it feel different so it's the same as if when you're soloing you know on a song and you fill in you know 16 measures with whatever you feel at the moment it's the same exact thing I just do most it vocalists locally. can't do that though Aww. she's I always tell people like I remember I had a singer ask me a friend of mine a good friend how does she sing differently than me? What makes her different than me? And, you know, first of all, like, the most horrible thing we do as women is, like, comparison. Oh, yeah. Comparison is a huge, a huge thief of joy. Yeah. But she really wanted to know. 
And, like, this is a person that I do respect and, and love, and, like, she always wants to get better, you know? Like, one of those people that wants to keep getting better at stuff and hold yourself to a high standard. And I was like, she's, Trinelle sings like an instrumentalist, you know? Like, I, and she went, oh, you know, I'm not sure she understood what I was saying by mm-hmm. that, but, like, a lot of singers, when they sing, they do it amazing job mm-hmm. and they they sing the heck out of that song or they write a really good song but they sing like a vocalist and you know their job is to convey a message and tell a story trinell can tell the story but then she also can explore like an instrumentalist and mm-hmm. go different places and let the music take her there she doesn't wait for someone to follow her she just goes there and like she explores and tries different things that mu- that like instrumentalists would do and it's just really it's it's a very unique quality Aww, thank so you. it's cool that you're not afraid to play yeah, when I get over the fear, then I can, you know, kind of transcend whatever technical ideas I may have thought that this song was going to go this way. And once I just get rid of that, and anybody can do it. You just kind of have to get out of your own way and just not overthink it. I spend 40 hours a week overthinking. overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes at home, too. And that's when I call Auntie Alicia and I'm like, hey. <laughs> um, we need some girl time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what's your vision for the future? Do you just want to play more gigs, make more music? Or do I you wanna want to record go to Chicago? more. Uh, <laughs> well, Alicia wants me to go. She can talk me into just pretty about much anything. But I want to record more. The studio life, I actually prefer. Live performing is fun. I mean, it's a good mm-hmm. time. But I think I want to make more original music. I want to be, you know, like the John Coltrane's and the Charlie Parker's where they took musical risks and mm-hmm. they created this thing called jazz that we all love so much. And so I just want to be a part of kind of reinventing and, you know, this evolution that music is going to go through. Um, it is going through. There's a lot of independent artists that are making some really beautiful music and because of digital streaming, yeah. you know, a lot of people may never hear them except for weirdos like me that go searching for them. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to be a part of that. I want to create something new. I want to continue to do that. And if there are live venues that embrace the scatter, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, by all means, I love to share my gift and with gigs and things like that. But I don't know. I think I still have quite a, a story to tell yet. And I, I just want the opportunity to do that. And maybe help someone else tell their story too. Coaching other songwriters maybe in the future. Yeah. I did start my own label. I'm the only artist on it. But... Well, I did that because I didn't want to be dictated to on who I should be and what music I should release. I wanted yeah, complete... Plenty of people willing to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Dictators. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, create a freedom. And I'm like, well, if I start my own label, nobody can tell me what songs I should do or if I need to change something. I design my own album covers. Nobody can tell me I need to lose 20 pounds to be, you know, yeah. a vocalist. And I love the one you did with the flower. I did that. Oh, it, that's I cool. spent like four hours one night. I stayed up till about 4 a.m. and I'm usually in bed by 9.45 so you know I was like really passionate about this cover. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank but you. Didn't one of them move too? I did. I found a uh, program where I could, you know, tinker with it and you're going to have an advantage over a lot of musicians. Oh, like <laughs> well, I, I've always been a little artsy, but not, I'm not the best, but 
I knew the vision that I wanted, and I knew it would be really difficult to explain to a graphic designer. So the this love cover is the one she's referring to. It's half my face, and then half of my face has morphed into okay, this blooming this. flower. Yeah. And it kind of just represents growth, and I'm a late bloomer. I just hit 40 last year. I'll be 41 in May. And so it's just kind of me embracing where I am, this transformative thing that's going on with me musically. And of course, I love sci-fi. And that was the only chance I was going to get to be like an avatar. So, (laughs) Man, I can't wait to say your covers in the future. Oh, yeah. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that we didn't ask you about? I don't think so. Where would you like people to go? You know what I mean? to go to your Facebook to learn about your upcoming events or um, do you have a website? Yeah, I do have a website. It's um, mattscattermusic.com. You can also find me on Facebook. It's just Matt Scatter or Trinnell Armour and Matt Scatter. You can find me wherever Alicia is, typically. But yeah, I would love to see some friendly faces. And when fans come out, I love for them to tell me songs that they think I should sing. I have a whole playlist in my oh, phone really? yeah. of suggestions that people Ooh. have given me over numerous gigs. And I listen to them and I, you know, yeah. I play them. And I'm like, it kind of gives me an idea of other people's perception of me. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think of yeah. Did you have anything else, Alicia? I don't think so. Did we cover enough? I think so. All right. Oh my gosh, this was fun. I knew it would be a lot of fun. Um, Trinelle will be on tons of our shows, so um, you need to go follow all of her social media. But if you do follow our calendar... She'll be on at least half of it. So <laughs> we try and get her as often as we can. Yeah. So just stay, stay tuned. Harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. APQ Harmonic gigs are a lot of fun because I get to do progressive rock, which That's is fun. Yeah. yeah. Like a secret fetish of mine. So I still love all your jazz stuff, though, when Aww. you rip out all your Ella stuff and your standards with the Thank APQ. You. It just adds a whole other dimension to that band. Aww. So the scatter, the mad scatter arrives. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. You can leave us a review. We could use a couple of those. Or you can just type your email into the box at the the bottom of the blog post if you're reading this on the website. And we will see you next time. Thank you. (laughs) 